like most people, chances are pretty good that you've battled one or many different fears throughout your life. So many of us, we are living in fear. What's interesting, uh, when we're growing up, uh, studies show that as babies, we're really only afraid of two things. Naturally, we just have two fears. We have the fear of falling, and we have the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two fears that we're born with. But when we grow, we accumulate all sorts of different learned fears. In fact, I'm guessing most of you uh, realize in the early years of life, you probably started to become afraid of some new things. For example, at all of our churches, all of our network churches, how many of you would say when you were a child, uh, maybe you were afraid of the dark? How many of you say, yeah, boogeyman in the dark, I didn't like that. Uh, anybody afraid of spiders? Spiders, as a kid, still afraid of spiders, yes. I see those hands. God bless you. Uh, how about thunderstorms? Anybody afraid of thunderstorms as a kid? Come and sleep with mommy and daddy whenever you hear the thunderstorm. Uh, as a child, it's interesting, my sister had the most irrational fear. In fact, uh, in this service, Jonathan, my brother-in-law, is here married to my little sister, Lisa. And Lisa, at bedtime, was always afraid uh, whenever the closet door wasn't shut all the way. Why? Because if the closet door wasn't shut all the way, whatever's on the other side could get her, but if the door was shut, she was totally safe. Completely irrational fear. Unlike my very rational fear as a child, when in bed, if you ever leave a hand or a foot over the edge, how many of you know you're in danger of the guy underneath the bed who could come out and get you very rational fear? And so if you were like me as a child, when you'd go to get in the bed, you'd run and jump over the guy under the bed so you could get in there. And if you had to go bathroom in the middle of the night, you'd just stand up and again jump over him as you would go by. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, very rational fear. To this day, there's one that haunted me as a child, and unfortunately, it's followed me all the way into adulthood. If I ever walk into the bathroom in the dark or even honestly in the light, and the shower curtain is closed, how many of you know that it's really, really scary because there could be a guy on the other side? <laughs> to this day, I walk in there, and I just take it and pull it aside, and there never has been, but if you ever get in my shower on the other side, I will whoop you something fierce. Because all of us, we take on these different kind of fears as we go through life. Uh, what I want to do today is I want to show you four of life's most common fears, and you can listen to God's word in light of some of the things that we often fear. Uh, if you're looking at your notes, what I'd like for you to do is just maybe check any one of these that would apply to you, and then listen to God's word in light of those fears. Uh, one of the first of life's most common fears is the fear of loss, fear of losing something that's important to you. For many of you, uh, if you're married, you may be afraid of losing your spouse. It is, it is something that it, it weighs on you. Or certainly those who are parents have probably felt at some point the fear of losing a child or something happening to a child. Or maybe uh, for you it's the fear of financial loss. I'd, I'd hate to lose my job or lose this investment or be at a place where financially I just can't quite hold it together. Uh, for some it's sim simply the fear of losing control. I want to keep everything the way I want it, and if I'm not in control, oh, it really uh, makes me afraid. How many of you would say that maybe at one point or another in your life that you've feared losing something important to you? How many would say 
That's me. If that's you, just go ahead and, and check that box. Another common fear that many of us battle, I know I do, is the fear of failure. Uh, we feel like we're going to be inadequate. Uh, we'd like to do something, but we're afraid we won't win at the game. Maybe some of you, you've wanted to start a small group, a life group, but you felt like, oh, I don't know if anybody would show up or I might not be good at it. Or you felt a burden to start a ministry, but there's this fear that you know, may- maybe I'm not good enough to do it. Or start a business or go back to school or reach out to someone, but I'm not, not, not sure that I've got what it takes. And so you've been paralyzed at one point or another by the fear of failure. How many of you would say, you've battled that at one time or another? Just, just check that and acknowledge this is a real fear. Many of us, we often battle what's called the fear of rejection. Some of you, the guys, you'd like to ask a girl out, but you're afraid she's going to look at you and say, why would I go out with you? And you're afraid of that. Or perhaps in, uh, in your marriage, you're afraid, uh, I, I'm afraid my husband's going to leave me. Or I'm afraid my wife's going to leave me. Uh, some people are just very paralyzed uh, with kind of this people-pleasing mindset. A fear of rejection. I want everybody to like me. So therefore, I wonder, will they like this hairstyle, the way I walk, the way I talk, the clothes that I buy, the car that I drive, uh, the kind of job that I have? Uh, am I important enough for others? And so we go through life worried that people are going to reject us because we really fear rejection. How many of you would say at one point or another that's been, been true for you? There's one more common fear, uh, and that is the fear of the unknown. Many of us, we're wondering, you know, what would happen if one day I got cancer or some illness or maybe somebody that I love? Uh, What if I lost my job or or I'd like to reach, you know, try for this new job, but I'm really afraid to do so? Uh, What's going to happen in the future? Some people, they're stuck in a very bad situation, maybe an abusive relationship or some bad situation, and they'd like to step out of it, but they're so afraid of the unknown, they'll stay in a bad spot rather than venture out. And I know a lot of people that would say, you know, life is going uh, great right now, so I'm really afraid something bad is bound to happen. Now, I'm afraid of the unknown. I mean, with all the good things, surely uh, something bad's going to happen before long. How many of you would say, I am afraid of the unknown at one time or the other? Uh, How many of you raise your hands for all four? Go ahead and lift them up right now. I'm afraid for you. I just want to (laughs) say, I really am. Uh, I'm just joking because a lot of us battle these different kinds of fear, and we go through life living afraid. We're paralyzed by fear when Scripture says, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a what? Everybody say it aloud. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us, say, say it again, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God. Fear is from our spiritual enemy. God Our Father, the source of all, the all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God has not given us fear. And yet so many of us are consumed with it. We're always worried, always anxious, always overwhelmed, living paralyzed by something that God did not give us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because fear is not from God, that's why I quit living in fear. And by the power of God, through his spirit, in his word, I pray that you will quit 
living in fear. In fact, some people say, well, fear is the opposite of faith. Kind of. Technically, I disagree. I believe that fear is faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. In fact, if you're taking notes, here's a key thought. What is fear? Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. What if this bad thing happens? Have you noticed most people rarely say, what if something great happens, with the exception of idiots who buy lottery tickets and say, what if I win, I'll surely tie the guy. With the exception of lottery tickets, most people rarely think, what if something good happens? They're often afraid of what if something bad happens. Fear, placing faith in the bad what ifs. In fact, uh, Moses was very guilty of this in the Old Testament. We've talked about him the last few weeks when God called Moses uh, to deliver the people of Israel. And what's interesting is, you know, God appeared to Moses in a burning bush that was not consumed, which admittedly is pretty cocky, okay? You see a burning bush that's not consumed, and God speaks to you through the bush, that would probably have your attention. And God says, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. And Exodus 4.1, we see Moses playing the what if game. Moses answered, what if? Everybody say, what if? He said, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? God's going to be with them, and yet he's playing the game that most of us play. What if? I'm afraid. We do it all the time. What if the economy drops? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? What if my spouse cheats on me? What if my kids get hurt? What if we get in a wreck? Uh, What if I never get married? What if I marry a jerk? Uh, what if we can't have kids? What if we have six kids? <laughs> what if our cat gets pregnant again? <laughs> There's some bad things that can happen in your life. And on and on and on again, we play the what if game. I think I just scared myself with all those what ifs. Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. Now, let me pause for a moment and ask a really important question. Why do your what ifs matter? Why do your what ifs matter? I want to show you two thoughts that can be very, very life-changing. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Your what ifs matter because what you fear reveals what you value the most. What you fear reveals what you value the most. For example, if you fear losing your marriage, that shows you really value your marriage, which is not a bad thing. If you fear something happening to your children, it shows you you really value your children. Again, not a bad thing. If you fear losing your job or losing your money, what you fear Value is financial security and stability. Not a bad thing, but what you fear reveals what you value the most. Think about it. What you fear reveals what you value the most. Second thought, if you're taking notes, is what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. That's good. What you fear reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear reveals what you value the most, and it reveals where you trust God 
the least. For example, if you're really worried for your marriage, check it out. You're not trusting God with your marriage. You're not. You say you will, but you're not. If you're really worried about your children, think about it. You are not trusting the protection of your children with God. You're saying, God, I really don't believe that you're good enough and your plan and your purposes uh, will come through for my children. Therefore, I will contribute by worrying as if that ever does any good. Uh, If you don't trust God with your financial well-being, you're basically saying, I really don't trust you to provide for me, God, because what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. Here's what I want you to do, is be really honest for a moment before God and answer this question. Fill in the blank. I'm not trusting God with what? Be really, really honest. I'm not trusting God God with what? Your children, your future, your health, someone you love, your aging parents, whatever it is. I'm not trusting God with what? Be honest. Put it on paper. Own your fear. Uh, I'll just be real honest with you. For me, uh, what I have to put down is uh, not trusting God with my future. And I'll unpack it for you a little bit. Uh, It's not that I'm afraid of something bad happening. What I'm afraid of is that I won't be good enough to keep up with what God is doing through our church. It's really, it's a fear of inadequacy. Uh, What if I don't have the gifts? What if I run out of energy? What if I'm not a good enough leader? And so honestly, when I look out ahead, uh, months ahead, and see all that I have to do, when I look months ahead, it overwhelms me. It paralyzes me. And there have been times, I'm, I'm just saying, and, you know, if you're looking at me like, boy, you're whacked out, so are you, baby. So are you. I look ahead sometimes, and I just think, with all that I've got to do, I hope one day I don't wake up, stay in bed, curl up in a little ball, start sucking my thumb and call for my mama. Mama, come help me. Because when I look out ahead, sometimes I think it's just too much. This reveals... Uh, What I value, security and the future, it also reveals where I'm trusting God the least because I'm saying you won't be with me in the future. Let's own it. Uh, In what area of your life are you not trusting God? So here's what I want to do in the remainder of our time in this message is I want to talk about biblically how do we face the what-ifs of fear? How do we face the what-ifs of fear. And let me give you two thoughts. The first one is, I want to encourage you to acknowledge your fear, whatever it is, acknowledge it, honestly, and choose to trust God. Acknowledge your fear, whatever it is, and no matter what it is, make a conscious choice to trust the God of the universe. So what I'm not saying is, you know, you're going to just kind of brush your fear off and put your fingers in your ears and close your eyes and go, la, 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 this isn't happening to me. Now, I'm not talking about that at all. I mean, honestly, whatever your fear is and whatever you can do within your power that is effective to minimize the risk, you do that. Beyond that, you make a choice with every bit of faith you have. God, I trust you to be faithful. I'll give you an example in Scripture. Uh, The context, uh, David in the Old Testament, he was anointed to be the future king uh, over Israel. Uh, The present king was King Saul, 
who was very threatened by this up-and-comer, David. David, uh, Very threatened by him. So much so, uh, he started to despise David. And so the king, Saul, said, I want you to go hunt him down and kill him. Take his life. And so a lot of times we read in Scripture and think, oh, yeah, you know, David was on the run. No, think about it being you. Let's say if you live in the United States, the president of the United States says, I want you dead or alive. And every force in the country is coming after you. If you live in another country, it's, it's the king or the queen or the emperor or whatever. Every, every bit of strength we have is coming after you. That was his reality. So what did he do? Psalm 56, verse 2 through 4, we get a glimpse into where he was living. He said, my slanderers pursue me all day long. That's the reality of the situation. Every day, night and day, they're coming after me. He says, many are attacking me in their pride. Then I like this. I love his honesty. He says, when I am afraid. In other words, sometimes it is too much. And you can say this as well. When I'm afraid about losing my kids, when I'm afraid about my future, when I'm afraid, he says, I will trust you, God. By faith, I choose to put my trust in you. Whenever I'm afraid, I make a choice. My choice is, I will trust you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I what? Say it with me. In God I trust. And then he says this. Say it, say it aloud. Just, he speaks it. He writes it down. He says, I will what? I will not be afraid. Then he goes on to say, what can mortal man do to me? I choose to trust God. I put my faith in him. What can mortal man do to me? I will not be afraid of him. Now, quite honestly, if you look at it, you say, what can mortal man do to him? Well, let's just answer it. Mortal man could kill him, right? Mortal man could capture him, torture him, imprison him, make his life miserable forever. But David went from thinking about the temporary life on earth, and he shifted gears into the eternal perspective. And what he's saying is, you know what? Even if my worst what if comes to be, ultimately, if I choose to trust God, what can man do to hurt me eternally? There's nothing. If I ultimately choose to trust God, if I put all my faith in him, holding nothing back, there is nothing that man can do to hurt me. If I choose to trust God with my whole life, suddenly my worst what if pales in comparison to the goodness of God. And I want to challenge you, just be real honest. Acknowledge what it is. Be transparent. Here is my great fear, and I choose to trust God no matter what. Because for me, the farther I get away from God, the more I am afraid of the what-ifs in this world. But the closer I am to God, the more I trust in him, and the less I fear the things of this world. Just acknowledge it and say, God, I choose to trust you no matter what. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to seek God. Seek him, seek him, seek him, seek him, seek God until he takes away your fears. Seek him until he takes away your fears. Seek him in his word. Seek him through prayer. Seek him in your life group. Have people pray for you. Seek after God day and night until he takes away your fears. And this is such a powerful verse in Psalm 34, verse 4. What David says, it is life-changing. He says, I what? Everybody say it aloud. He says, I sought the Lord. One more time. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. What did he do? He said, he 
delivered me from all my fears. Take a moment and pause and think about that verse. I sought God and he delivered me. He removed, he took away. There is no fear that holds me hostage anymore. He removed every fear that I have. I sought God and he delivered me from my fears. There was a time in my life, quite honestly, where I would have told you, I'm not sure that's possible. How can God deliver us from all of our fears? And then I'm telling you, I watched God deliver the person I love more than anyone else on earth from a very significant fear. My, my wife, Amy, uh, a little over 10 years ago, she was popping out kids like, like some people make pancakes in the morning. I mean, boom, 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 boom. She's always pregnant. I mean, we'd look at each other and get pregnant. It's a great thing, you know. And, uh, and so I think what happened is, it started to be really difficult on our body. And she got some significant health issues going. We went to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. But what happened is she would go totally numb on uh, one side of her body. And she was uh, battling all sorts of uh, fear and, and significant health issues. And so we would pray when she'd go to bed at night. And she was convinced that she was dying. It was so painful for her. And so she would just say, I love you, and if I don't wake up, here's what I want you to do for the kids. And it was that real. And then when she'd wake up in the morning, she's like, okay, I, I'm here another day. It was, it was that real to her. And she was just very, very afraid, convinced she was dying. And the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. It was a serious deal. So what she started doing was she started seeking God through his word. I'm telling you, the chick sought God. I mean, she, th she had the, the Bible open all the time. She was praying. Everybody that she uh, knew was praying for her, and she sought God, and she sought God, and she sought God. What's interesting is about the time God helped her overcome her fear of dying was about the time that her body started to improve. And to this day, all we can say is God delivered her from her sickness, and all we can say is God delivered her from her fear. And here's what's crazy is her faith is, it's disgusting, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It, it, because I'm telling you, she faced her greatest fear, and her greatest fear revealed what she valued the most, which is being here with her family. I mean, that's what she values the most. And when she faced her greatest fear and she sought God, she discovered what she feared revealed where she trusted God the least. And where she trusted God the least was when it came to her health and being here to raise uh, our six children and minister to me with making out late at nights. And so, and, sorry, just saying. And, and she was, she was delivered when she sought God. And I'm telling you, that girl does not fear death at all. If she, when we buried her brother just a few years later, we worshiped God at her brother's deathbed, and she says, I'll see you again soon, David, to her brother, because she knows she'll see him. She is not afraid of death. So much so uh, on 9-11, when I was up in an airplane, when other planes were falling out of the sky, and I landed, and I called her like, were you afraid when I was up there, planes were falling out? Weren't you afraid? For She's like, no. Like, seriously, not even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, tell me you're afraid. She said, no, I wasn't afraid. Like, what if I died? She said, God would take care. I was like, come on. Give, <laughs> give me a little sympathy fear, why don't you? And I'm telling you, 
20 years, we've got a great marriage, but the girl is not afraid because she faced her greatest fear. She sought God, and God delivered her from that fear, and God can do the same thing for you if you will seek after him with all of your heart. This is, this is what John, John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, a uh, great man of God from years past, said, uh, and I quote him. He said, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Think about that. Never more than 15 minutes. He said, whenever I feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over the affairs of my life. What a great quote. Whenever I feel fear, I just close my eyes and remind myself, God is on the throne. You can do the same exact thing. Whenever you start to feel fear, you just close your eyes. Focus on God, and suddenly God comes between you and your fear. When not, your fear comes between you and God, but you just seek him and watch him help you to overcome it. That's what I do when I fear the future, because when I look out at the months ahead and at my schedule, it is overwhelming, but what I do is I close my eyes, and I think, God, you are enough for today. You have given me everything I need to do, everything you want me to do today. And because of that, God has helped me to overcome my fear of the future. Seek after him, and he wants to do the same thing for you. God has not given you a spirit of fear. It's not from him. Do not, do not accept it. Do not resign to it, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But what if? But what if? But what if? Uh, one of my favorite stories on this subject, Beth Moore is a, uh, a great teacher of the Bible, phenomenal teacher, and she wrote in one of her books about her greatest what if fear. And she, I may butcher her story, but basically she was so afraid of losing her husband, so afraid, always consumed with fear. What if I lose him? How could I go on? And so she was just talking to God and praying about it and seeking God about this fear that she was in bondage to. And she felt like she entered into a conversation with God where God just started walking her through a journey. She said, God, what if I lose my husband? And she felt like God just kind of said to her, well, what if? And she's like, well, if I lost him, I'd go numb and the next few days, my friends would probably help me get ready for the funeral, and I would just kind of get through it. And God said, yeah, and then what? And she said, well, then I probably wouldn't get dressed for a month, and I would just sit at home and cry and cry and cry and cry. And she felt like God said, yeah, and then what? And she said, well, I'd probably not get dressed for another month and just sit at home and cry and cry and cry, and miss him, and be devastated, and then she felt like God said, and then what? And then she said, at some point, I would probably start to seek you, and you would be faithful, and you would help me go on with life, and God said, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm telling you right now, 
go, go down the train of what if. What if this happens? And what if I do lose a child? And what if we do go bankrupt? And what if I do lose my job? And what if the what if it does happen? Yeah, you might go through a difficult time. But what can mortal man do to you when you fully trust yourself into the hands of God? Because what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And what you Fear reveals where, where you trust God the least. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What if, what if, what if? Well, what if, what if? If you know God and if you continue to seek him, he will help sustain you. Because if you truly know him, guess what? You have nothing to fear but a reverential fear and love for the one who created you. And the more you know and fear God in a holy way, the less you have to fear on this earth. Satan wants you to be in bondage to fear, and God wants to set you free. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Let's all pray together. God, we ask that in your presence, you would set us free from the bondage of fear. At all of our churches and all of our locations, as you're praying right now, many of you, you've got some significant what-ifs. Let's be honest. Face it. Acknowledge it. Admit it. What if this happens? What if this happens? And you've got one or more fears that have been quietly or loudly consuming you for years. Those of you who would say, you know what? I want to take it before God. I want to be, just like Amy was delivered from her fear of dying, just like David said, I've been set free from all my fears, you truly want by the power of God to overcome that which is not from God and held you hostage. You want to be free from fear. If that's you today, would you just lift up your hands high right now? All of our network churches, church online, all, all of our, just lift your hands right now. God, I pray, I thank you that what we fear is what we value the most. And God, I thank you today. You're showing us that what we fear is where we trust you the least. And God, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please you, and we want to please you. God, we want to put our faith not in what we want, God, but in who you are. God, help us to trust you with our greatest what if. God, even in our mind, if our worst what if comes to pass. God, I pray that we would have faith in your goodness, in your grace, in your sovereignty, in your love, that you would carry us, God, through even our greatest what if. And God, I, I pray that there would be no one that would be held hostage to all the things we fear that never, ever happen. God, that we would meditate on your word, that fear is not from you. God, you have not given us a spirit of fear. So God, I pray that you would set people free. And God, those where fear continues to linger, God, I just pray that this message from you, God, would arrest their hearts. God, in their life group, uh, with their close friends, they would seek you, seek you, seek you, seek you, seek you, until God, you deliver them from their fear. And God, when you do, they'll tell everyone, God has truly set me free from this fear that held me hostage. We believe, God, that you will do it. Keep praying today at, uh, at all of our locations. And, and let's go down the what if. Well, what, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? Uh, what if something bad happens? Let's play another what if game for a minute. And let me ask you this. What if you were set free from fear? What if you gave your whole life to Christ? 
What if God brought you here today to do a miracle so big that you would never, ever be the same again? You see, if you're consumed with fear, this could be evidence that you don't truly know the creator of the universe. In fact, God is so good in his love and his mercy. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, who was without sin to die for us for the forgiveness of our sins. God raised him from the dead, and whoever puts their faith in him would be totally forgiven and would be adopted into the family of God. When David said, what can mortal man do to me? Basically, what he's saying in a New Testament tone is, since I've given my life to Christ, there is nothing that anyone can do to take me out of God's perfect eternal will. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. There is no fear greater than the goodness of God. There are some of you that are consumed with fear because you do not know the one who will set you free from all fear. What do you do today? Acknowledge the sin of your fear. Acknowledge the sin of your lack of faith. Acknowledge whatever sin is in your life because we are all sinners. And today, call on the name of Jesus Christ. He will forgive you. He will hear your prayer. All of your sins will be cast into the sea of forgetfulness, and you will become a brand new person. You can live free from fear. You can live a life of faith. Your life can count for God. At all of our locations, there are those of you here, you know it. It's time to be free. It's time to be forgiven. It's time to be new. That's why you're here. Call on him today. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to serve you. What if you give your whole life to him? Let me tell you what. You will never be the same. That's why you're here. All of our locations, those of you who would say, that's me, lift your hands high now. Just lift them up and say, yes, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Those of you at Church Online, you click right below me. And his hands are going up at all of our locations. Let's join our voices together and pray that God would transform life. Just pray together. Pray, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, save me. Make me new. I won't fear anything but a holy fear for you. Thank you for new life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you, God, for forgiving me, making me new, adopting me in your family. I belong to you and trust you with my whole life. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our locations, would you take a moment and thank God. Praise him. Welcome those today born into his family.